Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What's up, everybody? It's your coach. I'm here in Austin, Texas at my girl Lauren's Steakhouse, the big young steakhouse here in Austin. My man, David Lucas, on the show today. Hottest comedian in the game, 2023. I think he's going to be the number one guy on the Coach HP show right now. Let's go. It's your podcast, the Coach HP show. Hey, yo soy el más odiado. Magregor en el octavo no. Ya no pierda, yo soy el más parado. Un millón por un show. Si soltalo una canción en cinco meses, en verdad que dije wow. Three, two, one, boom. What's up, everybody? It's your coach. Welcome back to the number one positivity slanging podcast on the internet. Right now, the Coach HP show. Today I have, I, I told him that when I saw him, 2023, you're going to be the biggest comedian in 2023. Like this, that's your year, man. Thank you. My man, David David. David Lucas. David Manuel Lucas. That's my full name. David Manuel Lucas. Yeah. Not too many Cubans have a Lucas last name. <laughs> it's, is, a, it's, a, it's an adopted last oh, name. Oh, it's an adopted last name? Yeah, my daddy was adopted. Yeah, there by the Lucas go. family. He, uh... Actually, my adopted great uncle is Frank Lucas. No way, bro. Gangster, yeah. Look at that. Yeah, doctor. I don't talk about it too much. True or false? The greatest joke ever said is, I don't think unemployed people should be allowed to drink energy drinks. <laughs> what do you think of that? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's one of my jokes. It is a great joke. Rogan really loved it. But uh, How'd you think of that, bro? I, man, I can't even explain my creative process because I feel like you know, people that are, like, naturally talented and stuff, mm-hmm. they can't explain where they got it from. Like, if you're good at baseball, right? Uh, obviously, you have something that makes you better than the other person. Like, yeah, you get a gift, but then you have to hone it in, you have to work on it. So that's kind of how I feel about my joke writing process and my creative process. Like, ideas just pop in my head, and I just think about stuff. Like, why do, una- why do unemployed people drink energy drinks? What the fuck are you getting into? What are you getting all pumped up for? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you have... As I look at you, and I have a thing that everybody that I sit down with, I go, okay, why is this guy winning? Mm-hmm. I want to share why he's winning. And then I want to share with you why I think you're winning and mm-hmm. the tools that you have that are just right. like lethal, right? And one of the things you have that everybody that's funny has is you have a great laugh. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like your right. laugh, it brings more laugh. Right. And it's also like, you know when the rappers go, yo, uh-huh, yo, mm-hmm. it's like a tempo thing. Right, right, right. right? Mm-hmm. Did you notice that? Have you always had that? And when did you go, bro, my laugh is, is on point to do some crazy stuff? Well, I started, um, like, the type of comedy where I, what I do now is kind of, like, bold and in your face. And it's kind of, like, the truth of what everybody else won't say. And I started, like, feeling like that was me probably, like, five years ago when a lot of comics were, like, you know, and, and a lot of people... Like, um, who had, like, big agencies were like, bro, you, you are too much. Like, people are not going to be able to, to, di- to di- digest you. Like, that's, like, bold. That's, like, you know, you're going to scare people. Right, right, right. So I would do it, and sometimes it will be hit or miss, or, you know, sometimes it will be a lot of misses. And then I started uh, smiling when I tell these horrible jokes, you know, maybe about abortion or, or, or uh, about, you know, me being touched as a kid, and I laugh with it, and that makes right. people more comfortable. It's, it's kind of like if you're in a room and you see an old person fall. The first person to laugh makes everybody else laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah So once you break that barrier and, yeah. you know, that laugh comes, everybody's like, oh, this is cool to laugh at. Let me laugh at it. So that's kind of what I do now. Like, I'll smile, even though I'm talking about something crazy, or I'll laugh. And no, but that laugh is gangster, bro, because it, like, cancels. <laughs> the, the, the two weapons you have that are, like, killer, and I wrote it down there, is the laugh and using the N-word. Because every time you use it, it's like you paralyze them. Right. right? It's like you're a scorpion. You're like, yeah, watch this motherfucker. Bam! And, then, and it's funny because the N-word does to you 
like to me it's like the word bro was like it makes us comfortable mm-hmm. you know and you have incredible comfort like when you as i analyzed the kill tonys at the beginning yeah you walking up to the mic probably by the second time or the third time i saw you walking up to the mic and it reminded me of remember Suge Knight when he walked up to the mic with yeah. Snoop yeah. and he's like anybody want to be all up in the video in new york come to death for like with right. confidence right that confidence, yeah, right. I mean, confidence, bro. Um, audiences, they're kind of like dogs. Uh, you know how they say dogs can smell fear, they, right? They right. can smell fear. So, if they, if the audience feels like you don't believe what you're talking about, that why, if you don't have confidence in what yeah, you're, you're saying, dead. why you're should dead. they have confidence in what you're yeah. saying? Like, I, I would say confidence is 80% of the battle, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, um you definitely got to have that confidence, especially when you do jokes like me. You know, like I, I do bold jokes where you got to be a strong-minded, strong-willed individual to do them. You can't be some, you know, alpha, I mean, beta male. Telling no, no, I love it. And you go against betas all the time, yeah, right? Yeah, man. And, uh, and that wasn't, how old are you? Because you're like, what, 31? Yeah. So you're 31, yeah. I'm 43. Okay. So we're, I got like a couple years ahead, right? right? For a comedian, they say it's like a 10-year to get comped, like really yeah. whatever. You're ahead of the curve, I think, because you've done it. Well, really I started fast. so young. Like, I started in high school on my entertainment journey when I was on the MTV Yo Mama show. And, you know, I messed around a little bit uh, throughout college and, you know, did comedy here and there. And then when I, uh, about the age of, I'd say 23, 22, 23 uh, is when I really was like, I'm going to be a comedian. I have no other choice. And about like 25, 24, I had a kid. And then when I was like 25, I took two years off to, because I was like, fuck, maybe I'm not supposed to be a comedian. Those like, years, those two years you took off, were you like hating life all the time? Like, bro, I'm not yeah, doing what I'm actually, doing. Actually, um, my youngest daughter's mom, she realized. She's the one that got you in the mix, right? She told you to, yeah. she got your back. So um, it, it was like uh, going into year two of me not doing comedy or a year and a half, something like that. And she saw I was miserable and I told her, I was like, yo, I'm not doing comedy. Like, let's go back. She, Cause she's from Florida. She's from Fort Lauderdale. She's Jamaican. And uh, I was like, let's move to Florida or Georgia. Like there's no reason to be in California paying this astronomical rent. Where were you living in LA? Uh, Studio City. So I was like, let's go back to Georgia, Florida. Like I can, because I was working a factory job. I was working at Vallarta Warehouse, free in the freezer, bro. From like from like twelve twelve midnight to like eight a.m. So I was like, hey, I can get a factory job anywhere. Like, yeah, (laughs) let's go back home. And she was a nurse at the time. She's a nurse practitioner now, and uh, she wanted to live in L.A. But more importantly, I think she wanted to support my dreams. Uh, she believed in me more than I believed in myself at that time. And she was like, um, it was like maybe October. And she was like, January 1st, you can quit your job. And I got your back for one year. Don't worry about anything. I got you. Uh, just make sure you're out doing your thing all the time. And I was like, for real? And she's like, yeah. So I started hanging with this dude named uh, XC Booker. He's an actor in L.A. And uh, I went to like a, because um, I was like, all right, I'm about to like dive back into a deep. So I went to go get like acting classes. I met him at this little like, um, what do they call it? When you, whatever it's called when you like sit in on an acting class. Yeah. I can't think of the name. It's called sitting in. Yeah, sitting yeah. in. Yeah. So I met him and he was like, bro, I saw you like two years ago at the roast battle at the comedy store. Holy shit. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, yeah, man. He was like, you should, you know, really be on screen, bro. Like, you got a good personality. You got a good smile. You got a good cadence. And I was like, all right. So he introduced me to, like, a manager, an acting manager. The name was, uh, I can't even think of his name. But it was a little, like, short Italian dude. And uh, he was like, yeah, I can get you some work, buddy. Don't worry about it. I'll get you. So, like, uh, the second week, in January, I booked an Amazon movie called, uh, it's a parody of Straight Outta Compton, called Snakes Outta Compton. And uh, I played a what, five minute role in there. And I was like, damn. I was like, because I was like asking the universe and everything for signs, like, just let me know, like, this is for me. And then like the second week, 
to book something. I'm like, damn, this is it's a good sign. This is for me. And then like the next month, I booked a commercial, and then stuff just started. Like that was a transformational year for me, just because uh, at the time she was my girlfriend, but my daughter's mom now we're not together said. I got you this year. Like right, all right. your focus, you right. need to be doing comedy five, six days a week. Right. You need to be hustling, bustling. Uh, she gave me a credit card. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, like that's like. I mean, I hate that. You know, we're not together now, but you know, uh, we just grew apart. But like, and I told her I got it for life. I was like, you are no. And you were you, how old were you at the time? Twenty something. She was still older a baby. Than me. Bro, yeah, man. she was still older. a baby, man. So I was probably like approaching thirty, like twenty seven, twenty eight, something. Still like a baby, bro. Yeah. Still. A baby. <clears throat> so I told her I was like, look, any girl I date is gonna know <clears throat> that you, outside of me caring for this child, if you need it, I got you because like I don't feel like I would be where I'm at now right, if right. it wasn't for you because I was literally on my way back to like I was like. I'm done with LA. I'm checking out. I'm clocking out. Like, give me the fuck about it. <laughs> like, you know. So, um, yeah, like that year is when I got on uh, Kill Tony. That year is when I became a door guy at the comedy store. It's just transformation. Which was a gangster move. That, yeah. That's the smartest thing anybody can do because you're around the fire. Mm-hmm. And if you're in the fire, you're going to get burned. Right. Whose idea was it for you to. Or did you go, listen, I'm going to be a door guy, and that's the way to, for me to get in? So or? I had been trying to, so before I quit doing comedy, um, before I quit doing comedy, like, the comedy, like, dude, when I first moved to L.A., I would, like, I used to live in the Valley, on, I used to live in the Valley, I think it was called Chatsworth, like, on Sherman Way in Reseda. Okay. Or Sherman Way in Tampa. What year did you move to L.A.? 2010. I, I see you, I left. Oh, wow. So I used, to, I used to live way in the valley, bro. I didn't have no car in the Orange Line. No, Orange Line would take me a mile away, but the bus that ran up Sherman Way would stop running like at nine. You know what I'm saying? So if I wanted to be out, I would have to take the Orange Line, and that was like a mile walk to the apartment that I was living in. Um, so I used to take the bus to the comedy store every day. You know what I'm saying? I didn't like every bro, day. I, one of my biggest regrets is so my boy owns a sushi place called Sushiya. Which is right next to Le Petit Four. Okay. I would pass by the comedy store every fucking day. And I never once occurred to me, go in there, say what's up. Because Polly Shrew was always eating at, Polly was eating at this guy's spot right. all the time. And mm-hmm. I would see Polly, we'd talk, whatever. Great person. And it's one of my biggest, funny, Polly's funny. Yeah. One of my biggest regrets was yeah. I never went to the store. I, I've never seen a comedy thing. So I was like, fuck, man. L.A. L.A. is interesting because... The town becomes full of shit just because of the way everything is set up. Yeah, the, I mean, you know, um, the thing about L.A., bro, um, it's not really... I mean, the people who go there to work, they you get a big payoff. If right. you go there and do what you're supposed to do and don't get caught up with the bullshit... Like, a lot of people get caught up in looking famous. No, of course, or acting or, famous. Or looking and, like money yeah. rather than actually making money. Because, I, I, I mean, dude... You got grown men in L.A. who will sit around and brag about being at such and such house. It's like, bro, how much does going to Vin Diesel's house pay? How much does that pay? Like, yeah. I, I don't give a... That's not my house. Right, right. I'm right. not going to sit here and, and, you know, fantasize and, and get horny over somebody else's yeah. crib. I'm trying to get my own mansion. Yeah. So what did you talk like? I, like so, like, people like that, I kind of just strayed away from because, you know, they were more concerned about looking famous than actually, you know, like, getting money. And I exactly. always was, like, money-focused, you know what I mean? Smart, bro. Like, yeah, so, yeah. And also, what happens is, too, is that you're you're a kind of guy that you could tell you don't give a fuck. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. Because you got lucky. You don't have that, that, you don't have that, maybe because you're an adopted Cuban, not Cuban-Cuban, you know? <laughs> no, but, I'm, I'm a, so my dad is Cuban. He was adopted by Americans. By, oh, got yeah, it, got it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so that's why he got the Lucas. That's why I got Lucas. So last we night. have a natural machismo gene that fucks right. us up. Right. It makes us gangster. Right. Women right. love us. Right. Right. <laughs> but we it turns on us because we don't know how to be vulnerable. We're like fucking assassins, and and then it becomes our biggest thing. Man, right? I'm I'm just now learning how to be vulnerable in my thirties, bro. I'm just now learning how to be expressive in my thirties. Well, because you're a baby still. Yeah. Like you think, yeah. like, bro, I'm thirty. That's why it yeah. was. So this woman's the love of my life. I got with her at 37. Mm-hmm. While living single in L.A. for six years, mm-hmm. Vegas for four. Yeah, you know and, what I'm saying? And, and, and L.A., bro, um, 
The thing about LA, bro, there's so many, and you wit, you probably wouldn't. I'm sure you date in LA, bro. It, it, if you can make it with somebody in LA for three years, that's a lifetime a anywhere. Uh, uh, Any, I, I, anywhere. And especially now, because when when I was there, there wasn't people on YouTube. Right. YouTube didn't exist, yeah, so it yeah. wasn't like these TikTokers right, and this. Right. So now it just became even more right, of right. the thing. But where if you can make it with some, bro, if you can make it with somebody two, three years in LA, y'all can. That's a lifetime. That's bulletproof. Georgia, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bulletproof. bulletproof. Texas. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you got it from all the angles I, we used out to, there. I used to always joke around with my boy, and we used to say, dude, imagine girls had Carfax reports. Because these girls, they go to LA, they all act like whores, and then they come back to whatever little town they're married, whatever sucker, yeah. and that's it. You know, and I tell her all the time, I go, dude, I used to see, and it's crazy. You see a girl come in town. And in two weeks, she's at Leonardo DiCaprio's house. Hey, bro, you know? I, I used to date a, a well, I, used, I ain't going to say, I shared a girl with a famous R&B singer. And uh, whenever, you know, she got that text from him, she would have to, you know, abandon me, dog. <laughs> so I had to just be okay with, you know, yeah, sharing. But it's, 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 it's a different world. But for a guy like you, and the reason why I think, man, it's your time is because I, so I got... When I lived in a car, I moved in with a guy, coincidentally. Mm-hmm. My first, I lived in a car for six months in the Hollywood Hills. I would sleep in the Hollywood Hills, and I would shower and shave at the Equinox. Yeah. Right there in West Hollywood. Nice. I didn't know a single person. That's the one I, I work out at right now on Sunset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the spot. That's the spot. So, damn near La Cienega. And then, yeah. and then I have to introduce you. My boy's place, who I didn't know, my best, one of my best friends, is the sushi spot that's right there. I'm going to link you up so yeah. you go through next, yeah. time, next time you're in there. I get a, my, I was with Wilhelmina Models in Miami, and they go, listen, okay. when you go to L.A., you should talk to Wilhelmina L.A., and they gave me a flyer of this guy named Gary Austin, and they said, Gary, and I don't know, and I'm a baseball guy, I don't know anything about, mm-hmm. and they said, Gary Austin created a club called The Groundlings, mm-hmm. and when he, Helen Hunt won her Academy Award for As Good As It Gets, she thanked him, so I go to that class six months into the first person I talked to, and the dude is wearing a retro Houston Astros baseball jacket, Right? And the reason why that's interesting is because when I had George Lopez on, George Lopez's birthday is April 23rd. Okay. Okay? When I had him on, he always says when you compare stories with people, like about your life, a mistake a lot of people make is you, you go, oh, this was my tragedy. And I go, oh, that's not a tragedy. Look at mine. And everybody right. fucks up the level of tragedy because instead of embracing each other... Mm-hmm. They fucked that up. Oh, I was worse. My growing up worth stuff like right. that. Man, like, man, I lost my toe, bro. I lost my yeah. foot. I lost my foot, <laughs> bro. You don't even lose, bro. You don't use your toe, bro. But look at my foot. I'm a kicker. Right. Yeah. That's not bullshit, right? So, the irony, the irony of all this is, so George Love was born April 23rd, right? Your dad was born April 23rd, 1950. My dad was born April 23rd, 1950. Okay. My dad prepared me for everything in life except yeah. to deal with him. So he abused the shit out of me. That's how, yeah. In Same front upbringing. of everybody. Right. When I failed at baseball. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the numbers in baseball, I was one of the best kids. Bro, you're going to fail six times. And my dad would close fists, like, fuck me up. And mm-hmm. everybody knew it, including my mom, and nobody mm-hmm. did anything. Mm-hmm. That's how my, I was raised by my grandfather, and he was very abusive. Uh, and I mean, in a way, that abuse made me to be able to handle anything in LA. But like, I, like the way he raised me is great to make money, to become successful, but a lot of your personal relationships fail. Cause you're gonna be a robot. You're gonna right. be a fucking, a you're gonna be Rambo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're literally, oh bitch, you're not gonna come at 10 o'clock? I'll see you later. Exactly. <laughs> you become gangster you, like that, you, right? You look at, like I used to have that problem. I used to look at uh, everybody as disposable. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh fuck you, bro, I'll, whatever. Oh, you're my friend with a Benz. I get a friend with a Lambo. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Everybody's disposable because I I didn't care. So you and become I, a robot. Yeah, you become a robot. And when people start to love you, mm-hmm. they're like, you don't know how to accept. Again, you have no feelings. Yeah. Like, how, how are you gonna tell me to fuck myself? I just whatever. So, yeah. but that's it's the yin and the yang. Mm-hmm. They prepared us for whatever, yeah. but you gotta deal with that, right? As you talk to me about vulnerability and stuff like that, mm-hmm. what have you learned? What have you like now that you're because not only are you successful now, you're getting more successful, but now you're getting fame, you're with the right team, you're mm-hmm. playing for the Yankees now, buddy, mm-hmm. you know, or, or the Bulls in 92, 93, because yeah. <laughs> you're wearing the, the rod, I think, 98. What have you learned? Um, mainly, I've learned, uh, I used, bro, even before 
Like, a lot of people say I'm an asshole now, but I used to really be an asshole, uh, I'd say, like, five years ago. Um, I, became, I, I got a lot of humility uh, because I used to honestly walk around. And that hindered me a lot, you know, because I used to honestly walk around with this mindset, like, I'm better than you. Right. I'm funnier than you. Let me go show you. Like, you know what I'm saying? And that does nothing because I'd say... Most of my relationships with powerful people were based off of my energy. And, and I'm glad I met like people like Rogan and Louis C.K. at this age I'm, I'm at now to where I'm working on myself. Because like my relationship with Rogan was based off of, like, yeah, I did a good job when he saw me. But had I not, but a lot of people do a good job in front of him. But had I not had this energy, he probably wouldn't have been drawn to me to put me on his shows and, right. and shout me out on his podcast. and on a, a national platform say David Lucas is a good dude. No, oh, and the best, bro. You know like the, that cosign. <clears throat> when you got that cosign from that guy, right? Mm -hmm. What did that feel like from you? Um, there was a part of me where a small part of me was like, God damn, about time. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. about time somebody with a platform acknowledged me and let people know. But a great part of me was thankful and grateful and uh, something I had to work on myself <clears throat> is um, my, 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 my daughter's mom. She's one of the greatest female humans that I know. She, I still talk to her. Uh, like, she's my best friend. She'll forever be my best friend. Uh, she tells me, like, you don't, uh, you never take in what you accomplish. Like, if you win an Oscar, you're like, all right, let me start working again. Right. She's like, you don't bask in the, the fact that you would just win an Oscar or a Grammy. She was like, you're like, all right, let me go get the next thing. Instead of like, God damn, you just accomplished yeah. <laughs> winning an Oscar, you right. know? <clears throat> so um, I reflect a lot more now. Like I'll, I'll have uh, uh, my guy, Brian, shout out to Brian. He'll post like all my stuff on like social media. And like, I won't think about it then, but then when I get a long time, when I'm like at home, or like on a plane, I'll go look at you know my post and I'm like, oh damn, that's dope. Like, Rogan shouted me out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the most influential humans has shouted me out. Everybody watches the podcast. No, the guy. No, the guy. The guy. Your day to day. What does your day to day look like? Um, so let's say like today, right? So today you're here, but you're performing tonight. Mm -hmm. What do you do during the day? Are you that automatic that you know you're set already? That you don't even have to worry no, about that? Or I um. <coughs> I honestly, um, I wake up, <clears throat> I'm, I'm more focused on my health now uh, because I got kids and I want to be around a long time. So like I wake up and go sit on my balcony and kind of like just soak the sun in. And then I'll, um, well, I ordered a bike. So I ordered a, uh, it's not a Peloton, but it's the competition of a Peloton okay. called, called Yo Soul. It's like $500 cheaper. So I'm putting that in my living room so when I wake up, I'm gonna immediately get on that bike and do nice. like 20 minutes to start my day. You know, right, after right. I soak in the sun, do 20 minutes. Uh, I'll take my protein shake, my supplements, and then kind of have like a meditative session, like depending on how much time I have. Cause I normally, like even if I'm up to like three or four, I automatically wake up between like 8.45 and 9.30. Nice. 9.30 is late for me, it's normally around 8.45. <clears throat> I do that. Um, I'll go look at my calendar. You want water? Want me to get you water? No, no, no. You sure? You good? I, it's, it's, I got back here and it's cold. It was hot where I was at. So the change in weather is messing with my throat. It's all good. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I look at my calendar and see what I got to do today. And I'm like, all right, I got to do this, this, this. Where can I fit the gym in? And I go to the gym. I try to go to the gym at least six days a week really? before I have minimum 30 minutes. Like, I'm like, all right. If I only got 30 minutes, I'm going to walk on the treadmill for like 20 and lift weights for 10 minutes. So I'll do that and um, then start my shows. Like, I like to work every day. I like to be a, a workaholic. Like, I love that. I yeah, love I feel that. like, you know, you work hard 20s, 30s, 40s, and you chill in your 50s. Hell yeah, bro. I, <laughs> I, uh, Grind I, while you can. So no, like, especially, this is your time. Like, yeah. This is your time. When you look at the, the platform of comedians, right? And you look at the top comedians right now, mm -hmm. 2023, like coming to 2023, they all do, by the way, I love, and I, I think you should really continue doing this. I love you interviewing people 
fucking fishing. I love that. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With Hans I, Kim. Uh, I think that's an angle for you. Yeah. Because nobody I, else has it. No, not only that, but as I do research on you, there's like maybe like four interviews on YouTube that you've done. Right. There's the old black dude that you did the interview yeah. with. Yeah. Um, the guy who who started like, hey, let's practice cutting you down. Like he did it like a the white dude that did a that that he's like, hey, uh, <coughs> um, <coughs> that you did his show, and he was like, hey, let's uh, let's practice mm-hmm. cutting each other down. That he that he, you did jokes with him messing around. Oh, Adam Ray. Adam Ray, you did yeah. that one too, and then I couldn't find that many. Yeah. And then you interviewed Red Man. Is Red Man? Red Man. Red Man mm-hmm. at the thing, and I was like, "This dude is good interviewing." Yeah. I do, I saw the one-on-one stuff you do, which I like, mm-hmm. but I saw you in the lake with Hans Kim, mm-hmm. and I go, "That's the move." Because right, right. I, I think sele- that's. I'm, I'm selective with who I. I cancel interviews. I cancel podcasts all the time. So really? I'm, I'm just selective with who I'm around. Why? Is oh, that? excuse me. Can, can you ask him to get? Yeah, tequila works better. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Talk to me. Why are you so I'm selective? Just, <clears throat> so, um, like, when you hit me up to do the interview, um, I just kind of went through your page and looked at your stuff. And, you know, you kind of just got a good, you got to get a, a energy feel for people. Like, if I go do this interview, like, will, will this guy soak my energy up? Like, will he be an energy vampire? Oh, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Because it's like, uh, no disrespect to you, but it's like, I got other things to do today. Hell yeah, you bro. No, no, no. Listen, so, it's a big deal, but listen, right. I, I don't fucking come from Miami right. to go do right. something. This is not like a right, normal, right. like, bring my chick, leave my kids. This is a big deal. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But but I respect that mm-hmm. because it's part of my hustle. Mm-hmm. Like, like I tell my chick, you know, I go, listen. Sorry, what brand? The Casamigos Reposado. Casamigos Reposado. Um... You know how you said, God damn, somebody finally gave me a cosign mm-hmm. when Joe Rogan did it? I'm going to be the best at what I do. Damn right. I know it already, and right? That's the only way. But, but, so, so, but look at my week before I heard your content because I feel everything happens for a reason, mm-hmm. right? And I'm ups- like, you're probably the happiest on stage. Mm-hmm. I'm the happiest doing three things in my life other than making love to my wife, right? That's <laughs> number one. The other three things is helping kids out. Mm-hmm. Helping teenagers and young guys, like the mistakes right. I make, don't do. Mm-hmm. Speaking, when I speak in front of the driver. The repo, the brown one. Brown? Yes, ma'am. Thank you. <laughs> um, thank you, baby. The doing research for this interview. Mm-hmm. I, I'm the happiest guy. We're going down the David Lucas like right. life. Like mm-hmm. I sat there and I, I'm in heaven, right? right? And before I got you, it's funny you said that. So I am coming to Austin. I go, I'm going to come to Austin, whatever. And the people that I had, I had lined up some podcasts that people wanted me on, whatever, and they mm-hmm. all canceled. Mm-hmm. Everybody canceled. And one of them was a great guy, a guy who runs a random golf club, a guy named Eric Anders Lang, super successful. Second one is a big trainer named Mo Wells, who's John Morat's trainer and stuff like that. And I go, fuck, I'm not going to go. Right. But I ran into your content. Right. And there's a funny thing that happens to me that when I DM some people, I go, I'm going to meet this guy and I'm going to like this guy. Right. And right from the, I was with my kids, <laughs> my kids in the park, and I heard of you, and it was Joe Rogan saying, this is the best, ba-. I go, I've never heard of this guy before. Right. David, Lucas, boom, you popped up. I saw your DM right there. Right. And I started going through all your content. And by the time you responded back, I had already seen seven things you've done. <laughs> and I go, my job now right. is to find this motherfucker mm-hmm. and tell him. That in 2023, he's going to be the best. Thank you, man. Thank you. The best. And I don't need shit from you. I might never see you again. I might see you for the rest of my life. But in 2023, that guy was a fucking man. Because what you have to be a minority and not give a fuck is a big deal. To be a minority and have tremendous work ethic Mm -hmm. is a fucking big deal. Yeah, a lot of people, you know, and, and that's where I guess the disconnect with me and... A lot of people who share the same skin complexion as me, whether they are... Thank you so much. Thank you, baby. Thank you. Um, they put too much ice? No, this is fine. Whether they are, you know, because, I mean, like, I have Hispanic roots. Whether they are Hispanic, whether they're black, the disconnect with a lot of those people is... I don't have this victim mentality. 
you know, and I always challenge, especially my, my, my black followers and my black friends, like, because you don't want to be successful. Of course. Of it's, course. <clears throat> it's easy. It's very easy to lay in the bed until the afternoon. That's so easy. Like, I wish I could do it. But at the same token, I have me. I'm a very selfish person. So the, the model that I live by is never give up your life for your kids or you, won't eat, or you won't have any life to give your kids. I love that. You know what I'm saying? So I'm number one because I take care of them. Then my kids are number two, and then my mom and so forth. So my mom just retired. I told her, you know, earlier this year, I said, Mama, you don't got to work no more. I was like, I, you took care of me, so now I got you. Um, so it's like, at the end of the day, I have me to take care of. I have my daughters to take care of, and I have my mother to take care of. And then whenever I find a wife, you know, she'll come, you know, how to buy You want to get married? I do, like, I do want to get married now. It's tricky now because I'd rather find a girl who doesn't know who the fuck I am. So that way I know. Which is going to be hard. It's going to be It's going to be real hard. And uh, listen, other than with her, and I tell this all the time, I never wanted to get married. I never wanted to have kids. I wanted to be single forever, right? Mm -hmm. But something happens when, when the right you situation the right person, comes yeah. along that it just, you don't, you don't even, it's like Santa Claus, you know? It's like, oh, wait a minute, there is a Santa Claus? You know, it's like, it's like a right. weird thing. But till then, I, I love your setup because I understand you do always go back to L.A. because you have your kids there, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So that, that's tough. Yeah, yeah. L.A. is beautiful. You know, L.A. is beautiful. You know, the mindset is a little tricky. The, the politics is a little tricky. But, hey, we can't all be perfect. But whatever. Um, I love Texas. I love, I'm a big guy. I, I grew up in the South, man. We, we, we're from the same place. Uh, you know, I was raised in Georgia. And I'm a... I'm a big morale person. I'm a big, uh, I'm a big gun, gun, gun collector. I like guns. I like the ability to be able to defend myself. What uh, type of gun do you like? Is there uh, my my everyday carry is the Springfield XD45. Yeah, that's my everyday carry. Like that's nice. what leaves the house with me. But nice. I got other guns that just stay there. You know that. Then <laughs> I take to the gun range, and it's like, oh, okay, if somebody break into here, we'll have fun. The gun tattoo. <laughs> the gun tattoo. What, is it, what does it mean? When did um, you get that? So I got a revolver tied on my neck because revolvers, as you know, are very reliable. Right. They don't jam and they don't leave shell cases. Nice, man. And it stands for protection. You know? Nice, so like, nice. Like, like when people understand, like, uh, and I got a snake too, you know, I got a snake because it's all about, like, I can be something that's dangerous, but if used the right way, if not provoked, yeah. I'm safe. Yeah. I'm protected. That's how, what a snake is. Yeah. It, it, snakes don't bite unless you mess Open. with them. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> if you're over there and the snake's over here, how's it gonna bite you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't go into his space. Don't provoke him. Yeah. And even if you go into his space, be gentle. You know, don't grab him too fast. Don't aggravate him. You know, because they'll give you a warning. They'll hiss, or they'll get up. So it's rattlesnakes. They used to, when I used to yeah. run trails in LA, you used to hear see these big rats, yeah. rattlesnakes. You mentioned your mom. How awesome was it that show you did with Burke Kreischer back home? That he oh, that was dope. That, that was, was dope, fun. man. Um, my mom, bro, you know, she was... Uh, but you guys are twins. You guys look exactly yeah, the same. Yeah, that's my man. baby. Um, you know, um, me and my mama had a, a little spout this summer over some money, and I told Cause her... Because she's running your real estate, right? She's doing some real estate yeah, for you, yeah. you said? So uh, me and her had a little money issue, and uh, the business that we started, I kind of told... It's me, her, and my uncle... And I told him, I was like, because, you know, like, we get very trusting and we won't do stuff the right way and we'll just do the word of mouth thing. And we fuck it up. And we fuck it, we up. fuck it up. And even when you're dealing with family, it should Especially all be. Especially when you're dealing with yeah, families, you want to fuck it up, man. It should all be on paper. And I told her, I was like, I love you so much. And if I don't have you in my life, I won't be able to be productive as a comedian or a citizen. So what we're going to have to do is there's no more verbal agreements between us. It's just going to have to be on paperwork. But understand that this that I is just you. business. Yeah. It has nothing to do with me and you as a mother and son. No, and especially <clears throat> I heard you talk about it. You were like, somebody was like, oh, I don't want to pay. You're like, oh, you, your mom's like a saint. She's like, don't. You're like fucking up the deal. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, you can't do this to these people. My mom, she's not business oriented at all. Um, and I told her, I'm like, yo, just fucking sit back and collect a check, lady. Like, check. I don't need you to do... Uh, I really don't need you to do anything. Like, just... 
I'm going to give you instructions or my uncle's going to give you instructions and you go do that. You go to the lawyer, you go pick this up, you do that. You run the errands, but when it comes, because we had a house, and uh, she don't let me know anything, because she, I get out, You're, eviction, right. like three days late, eviction, Lord, have my Lord, hey, send them eviction notice. Yeah. My mom, and uh, it's just because I was busy, uh, I found out that she had, uh, she let somebody pay $100 a week for yeah. a $1,200 house, and I'm like, what are you doing? Like, we're not running, if you, like, we're not running the charity, like, if you want to open some type of halfway house yeah. to where... You let people who don't have money come stay in here for welfare. Like, do that. Right. But when it has something to do with me, like, take your own money and do that. Yeah. Like, I'm not running a charity. And it's not disrespectful. This is a business. Yeah. Nowhere else in life. And I told her, I said, I cannot go to my apartment manager and say, I'm having a hard time. Let me just give you $100 a week. little hundo here. Give me a hundo a week for six months. Cool? Cool. Where? Where? I wish. I wish my apartment was just give me what you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> give me what you can, man. I know you do it. You're the best. I, I, just, I, I know you're. I know you're good for it. You gotta come on. Just don't just worry. Me about you, so me and her, we had a little, we had a little, whatever. And um, I had told my uncle, you know, I was like, um, he was like, no, we need you, man, because you know with your creativity, like my uncle, man, like a lot of people think, like you know, my dad was this that I, I grew up so much privilege, but like, dude, I. I saw my dad at five. I didn't see him again until I was 17. Yeah. You know what I'm saying, bro? Yeah. I, I really didn't. And uh, now, I, I don't know when the last time I seen him. Last time I saw him was when my daughter was 18 months. And she's about to be eight in November. So that just tells you the relationship that me and my dad has. And um, like my family uh, on my mom's side, they, they, they all do well, but they do Georgia well. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it, yeah. It, it like, don't like, take a lot to do. Like, it's a, like a mansion in Georgia right. is different than a mansion in L.A. or in Miami. Like, they got, like, four-bedroom houses, yeah. but it's like that house is, like, 200000 Like it's, yeah. They wouldn't be doing well if they were in L.A. So uh, my uncle, man, you know, I spent a lot of time in Georgia this year, and I took my mom and my kids on tour with me with a lot of my shows this summer. And my uncle told me, and that's why I stay focused, he said, you're going to be the one to take the family out of the ghetto. He oh, said, yeah, like, you're going to be the biggest comedian. Yeah. Not, not, forget the one. Right. You're going to be the biggest comedian. Right. Like, you have, because now, if you were 43, I'd be like, you're a baby, bro. <laughs> and, and look at this platform. It's like Kobe landing with Shaq. Right. And you're Kobe. <laughs> Think about that, right? You yeah. just landed with now. As long as you don't fuck it up, you know what I'm saying? This, this is only, you're the only if, one that can if, if, if I fuck it up, it'll be because of me. Because you know what I'm saying, and but I it's like, you landed in such a, a place that <laughs> all you got to do is shoot, or you want the ball, here you go, bro. Like this, yes, because yeah. you're going to, and again, the ethnicity plays, because you're, here's the irony, you're, now, you're, I didn't even know you were a Cuban, so you're a Hispanic black dude that has work ethic, that believes in safety, that believes in get off your ass, no excuses, that doesn't exist in comedy, Dude, bro. On, That's very like it's like this with me, right? Mm-hmm. So as I look at, like I was saying, you don't do many podcasts, but your podcast, right? Your thing, because it looks like everybody has a formula now. That's right. whether it's Brandon Sharp with what he has, and Schulte and Theo Vaughn, whatever. More of Lucas is more winning, right? What are you thinking about doing? Do you think about, you know, have a little studio with your thing? Yeah. How are you thinking about this? So, you know, I built a studio in my apartment uh, here in Austin, and that's why I recorded my um, solo The podcast, solo one. The solo podcast. Uh, it's picking up steam. I'm, like, at my fifth episode, and I'm consistently doing, like, 15,000 on YouTube and, like, 30,000 downloads a week. And it's just, you know, repetition, just putting it out there and getting better mm-hmm. as I, because I don't have anybody to feed off of. So it's 45 minutes of just me. Are you, are you going to start to do guests at some point? Is that your plan or you just want to mm, keep going solo? Yeah, I'll do guests. Uh, it won't be able to be at my house because it's set up for solo. But that's what I'm thinking about because, listen, at some point, you're going to need a team around you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you're almost there because, yeah. like I said, you're in... Utah this weekend, you told me, right? Mm-hmm. Salt Lake City. You need a crew around you recording, yeah, bro. Because yeah. you're a hit every fucking where you go. Mm-hmm. You're going to go to the local pizza place and you talking shit there, that's a fucking hit. <laughs> right. Right? And then you before stage talking shit in the green room, man, hey, hey man, you're this, and we're this. Ah, man, you little bitch. You're a little gay cowboy. All that is a hit. Right, right, right. But nobody sees it. We don't see that. So that's why if we add that to your repertoire, 
Oh my god, yeah, bro. It's a, that that's pretty much it, bro. Like when I when I become a big comic, uh, I definitely will vlog my tour. No, you're already a big comic, bro. Yeah. It's just you haven't right. gotten. You're already big. Mm-hmm. It's just now whatever. It's gonna be yeah. you talk. You know what's crazy, bro? This weekend, I kind of realized like, oh damn, you are like a, a, a name, bro. Like. I'm eighty. I'm doing a week of shows in uh, Winnipeg, Canada. Most people haven't even heard of that. Yeah. And I'm eighty percent sold out for the week of Thanksgiving. See what I'm saying, bro? You know. So it's like that's oh, crazy, wow. bro. It's gangster. It's <laughs> gangster. Like, wow. Like but, you, what we gotta do now is like, okay, let's document this shit, right? Because that's what all these other guys are doing, and they're not fucking as cool as you are, mm-hmm. right? And the thing is, nobody's doing it on your level mm-hmm. that has your thing. So right. what I would do is, bro, give me a every. Okay, cool. Pay a camera person to fucking record me, mm-hmm. edit it, whatever. I'm just talk shit to that camera, and I'm gonna fuck around, and I'm gonna go bass fishing, and I'm gonna go with some hillbillies, and I'm gonna start bass fishing, I'm gonna fuck around with them. Cause you could do on the street interview, you could do funny shit, you could start saying jokes, you could laugh, you could, and now it's funny because the amount of people that are gonna recognize you, they're probably not gonna be unless you're in the comedy world. Right. But as you go famous, you know what I'm saying? <coughs> you're like, oh shit, you're David. Yeah, man, I'm here to fish, yeah. bro. Let's go. We're gonna get here today. They don't right. think you can fish. Right, right, right. I right. just think that's. I just think that's so and when I looked Man, at I, your contest, I'm like, oh, bro, if I was this guy. I fish uh my buddy, shout out to Jay out here. Jay, my boy Jay. Uh, he's a he's a pro fisherman, man, and I fish with him quite a bit when we have mm-hmm. time. And I out of he rates me a seven out of ten for fishing. Really? That's yeah. good. Yeah, yeah that's, that's fucking good. good. Yeah. So I'm, that is good. Yeah. You uh like the Hans Kim thing, bro. That guy, same thing, you know. You don't see many guys that look like him right. in comedy, mm-hmm. but your ability to be comfortable in yourself, right, right, mm-hmm. while people make fun of you, right, right, is that something you've always had? And you, did you like say, okay, if I'm gonna start fucking around with people, I gotta be able to take it too? I mean, um, bro, I grew up in a house of shit talkers. Uh-huh. You know, bro, my granddad. Speaking of being, uh, you know, how I was reared, uh, my granddad was just a shit talker. And he in did Spanish or in English? English. That's English. my mama's dad. Oh, your mom's dad. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. I, I met, well, my dad says I met his parents. They died when I was like four or five. Uh, no. So I don't really remember them. Right, right. Um, but he swears that I look like his mom, but I look exactly like my mom. No, like your mom. You <laughs> I saw when they brought her right. up stage. You guys are twins. Right. Man. You guys so, are twins. Uh, my granddaddy was a big shit talker, bro. Like, you know, he, he called me a faggot growing up. Yeah. And it had nothing to do with gay. Yeah. It was just because, you know, I didn't want to do something that he deemed manly. Yeah. So, like, I had thick skin from the beginning, man, because my granddaddy used to be in charge of cleaning uh, apartment buildings. And in, in Georgia, a lot of the apartment buildings, uh, the old ones, they have... They're built like from four feet up. So they have like this under space of them where they run the plumbing and the electrical and things like that. And they would have like a cement foundation and animals could get up under there. And sometimes oh, wow. animals would get under there and die. die. Oh, and he'd be like, hey, hey, go in there and get that raccoon. I'm like, hey, I ain't gonna get that. I'm not going to get that fucking raccoon. Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> what are you talking you? I'm not getting paid for this. You are. Wow. And he's like, what you a faggot boy? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, bro, I mean, I grew up in that generation, dog, where, you know, they didn't know smoking was bad. Like, dog, I, I was around my granddad smoking half a Tampa cigars. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Like, around me as a kid. Damn. Like, that's a fun memory. <clears throat> that's, that's how I remember my granddad with a cigar in his mouth. Uh, so, you know, I grew up in that generation where they smoked around kids, like... When we got sick, they would give us turpentine. They would yeah, give us, yeah, they smoke in the house. Yeah, yeah. They would yeah like, I remember my family, my dad would smoke, smoke in the house. They would give us whiskey, and now my baby mama's trip. If I vape around my yeah. I'm like, girl, I grew up around cigar smoke. And they're like, yeah, look at you look now. At you now. <laughs> I'm like, I'm a great human. What are you talking about? <laughs> David, the balls to go after Tony in the Kill Tony, right? Mm-hmm. Which is what made you. That's mm-hmm. where everybody else sits there, takes the abuse, mm-hmm. and they go with their hands with it. Like, you're like, no, motherfucker. You're like Brokeback Mountain number two. You fucking take dick in the ass. You just fucking crush, right? Did you improvise that? Did you go, oh, I'm just going to go hard at this guy? Did you think about it before? So the first time I was on Kill Tony was a year before I became a regular, or maybe a little less or a little more. I can't remember, but it was around... 
a year. Mm -hmm. Um, sorry. No, do you think? So it was around a year before I, I went on, and I watched it and I analyzed it, and I was like, oh, he's a, you know, I was like, I didn't do good on the interview, but I had a good set. I was like, oh, he's a roaster. So I'm a roaster, and I feel like I'm quicker than him. So the next time I get on Kill Tony, I'ma just fucking sneak him. You know, like you you about to fight somebody, they don't know you about to fight. He just, right, right, just right. hit him. So you like, remember what you hit him with first? Do you remember? Do you, I don't. Remember? To be honest, I don't. Video. That was so long ago. <laughs> it was like two, three years ago, man. So I was like, I'ma just hit him first. Like I need to go watch that again, actually. And I was like, I'ma just hit him first, and uh, let's see what happens. If I just come out and give him a sucker punch. Dude, and you <laughs> paralyzed him, bro. Yeah, I hit him, him, and he was like, what the fuck? What and then the, the audience went crazy, and then it was... <laughs> His best line is when he goes, David, you son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I do. <laughs> but, Actually, yeah, that, what, what, what can you say when somebody kills you like that? You just got to take it and go, yep, you got but, me. But that was back when Kill Tony was live, and... Um, his mom, sweet lady, Joy Hinchcliffe, uh, she wrote me on Instagram. And uh, before the night was, like, right after, like, maybe 10, 15 minutes after I got off stage, and she was like, you were my favorite person ever on that stage. I love that. His mom. And I was like, wow. And um, she was like, yeah, keep doing your thing. And we, me and her still talk and chat to this day. And um, after the show, I was uh, in the back vaping, and Tony comes out, and he's like, hey, that was good. He was like, keep signing up. And I was like, all right. And he was like, will you be here next week? And I was like, nah, I'm on the road next week, but I'll be here the week after that. He's like, all right, sign up then. So I just kept signing up, and then I do remember this. <clears throat> I became a regular, or he announced me being a regular on the Michael Bisping episode. I remember when I roasted, when I, when destroyed I roasted, him, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Tony was, Tony was scared that he was going to. He do something? Gonna, yeah. But nah, I, I, I can't do it. But I mean, you know, you're a pro fighter and... Well, if you go into the comedy thing, you got to understand yeah. that, hey, this is this is our ring. Yeah, you know? I mean, bro, I've been beat up before. We've all but, been but that guy's not going to... Yeah. And gonna, I mean, though, that would have gave me so much money. Well, no, and, and that viral, <laughs> that clip and that, that whole thing. A couple more questions, dude. Mm -hmm. Podcasts, right? You see a lot of them. You see comedians doing them. Now you're doing a lot of them. A lot of people ask you. As a person being interviewed, what do you like in podcasting? And what do you like that hosts do with you? What do you find um, mistakes people make? I think the biggest thing, because uh, I don't really watch a lot of podcasts, or at least not comedian. Like, I don't even watch Kill Tony. I right. think it's crazy, but I don't watch Kill Tony. People are like, did you see Kill Tony last night? Like, no. <laughs> um, this is a good podcast. and it's, I think it's, it don't matter what you're talking about. I think it's the comfort levels. Yeah. Um, do you feel comfortable with the person? Um, does a person make you feel like a person? Um, you know, those type of things. Like, are you just trying to interview me for numbers or do you want to really get to know me? So that determines, like, how good, for me, the podcast is going to be. Like, do you feel like a lot of people use you now that you're... you're yeah, but I don't do them. <laughs> like, hey, whatever, and you're like, yeah, ghost. Yeah, I won't do them. Yeah, I just won't be on. I, I won't go. I want to talk about hair for a second, dude. Yeah. I lost my hair. I'm a big fan of people that have hair. Mm -hmm. What uh, I see some episodes, you drop the hair, you mm -hmm. go up with it. What's the plan with the hair now going forward? Is there mm -hmm. just whatever just, I feel? You just roll with it. <laughs> yeah, I'm just growing it, man. I grew it as kind of like a. Uh, I think I started growing in 2019, and I didn't never meant I didn't never mean for it to get this long. And then the quarantine happened, and I was like, oh, might as well just keep growing it. So I'm just growing it. Uh, we'll see. Maybe on some Whoopi Goldberg shit. Just Dude, that'd be, that'd be dope. Or Little Wayne. You gotta go long and you go... Yeah, yeah, you know. Um, I don't think I'll... <clears throat> I think when it gets maybe like right here, I'll like cut, keep cut it, it cut like that. You maybe. think of hitting ever think of hitting with the highlights, make it blonde or that? or Nah, bro. I don't need attention. You don't need that people much do, attention. People do that for attention. <laughs> you, uh... Advice to comedians coming up? Uh, be yourself. Be yourself. That's... That's the most important. Um, try try not to watch too many comedy specials as a new new comedian because <clears throat> you'll start liking one comedian and watch them all the time and start emulating them even without you knowing. So I, my best advice would be go watch good comedy shows. Like go like you know, seeing a special is not the same. What's as, a good comedy show? 
a, a comedy show with good comedians, like you know, oh, like a like a show, like yeah. an actual set shows. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, like with good working comedians that make a living from doing. Like, I mean, you know, support your local shows of comics trying to get it, but sometimes that can give you a false expectation yeah, of what yeah, comedy yeah. is. So go watch comics. Who, if you want to do it for a living, go watch comics who do it for a living. You know, so um, that's what I would suggest. Like, watch a lot of live comedy shows. Uh, right all the time. Get on stage all the goddamn time. Get on stage all gotta, the time. You gotta get on stage. Do you still bomb now, or that doesn't happen? Or are you that good that you kind of disguise it? When you know you're fucking around, you can kind of do a couple things to... Um, For my age, I'm good. Um, but, um, I mean, when I'm 40, I'll probably look at what I'm doing now is shitty. Just like I look at stuff. I'm doing in my 20s, and it's like, oh my God, that was horrible, you know? So I think that's part of growth. And I think that's a good sign when you can look at something you were doing, you know, three, four years ago, like, what the fuck? Yeah. What was I talking about? They were laughing at that, you know? So I think that's a good sign when you recognize growth in yourself. And I think that's the most important. And uh, what was the question? Fuck, I don't got it. It's perfect, bro. No, that. Uh, that, (laughs) You hit it perfectly. Um, You, uh, last two things. Favorite type of music? Everything. But what do you listen to the most? Like, what's what's inspiring you now? Like, when you work out or when you... Before before you go on, if you could have a song, before you go on stage, what song would you put? Uh, Kanye West Hurricane. Kanye West Hurricane. Yeah, I really... I'm, I'm, I like Kanye West a lot, and a lot of people say they move... They love... They miss the old Kanye. But it's like, if you really fuck with somebody, like, if you fuck with who they are, you should follow them along the path, you know? Uh, growth is good, so it's like, if you like what I was doing 10 years ago, you should like what I'm doing now, because right. I feel like this is a better phase of me. I feel like this is... And you think this Kanye is better than the old Kanye? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a grown Kanye, you know, like, um, you listen to it, like, he had a song, uh, I Thought About Killing You, and he was like, I, I thought about killing myself, but I love myself way more than I love you. And there's just so many quotables that that Kanye has, like, he was like, I understand why the cage bird sings. And he's like, uh, what's another one that I really like? He's like, the most beautiful thoughts are often hid next to the most darkest thoughts. And it's like, that's true because <clears throat> genius and insanity, they walk, yeah, they walk course, a tightrope with each other. So it's like- Just like abuse and motivation are kind of like mm-hmm. race being abused and adversity. Ring, it has a good thing and has right. a bad thing. It's, too. it's it's all perspective. Like you know, like 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 take um, Charles Manson for example. Right. Like some people, <clears throat> depending on your perspective, you can call him a genius, and depending on your perspective, you can call him an idiot. Right. But I mean, you know, it, depending on how you look at it, you can say that's a genius because right. this man is labeled a gruesome serial killer, but he never actually killed anybody. Right. 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 He can like how powerful are you? to where you convince people to follow you first. So you convince these people to follow you, and then you convince these people to kill for you. Yeah, It's like the whole Castro thing. Yeah, You know, us Cubans, we hate Castro, mm-hmm. but what the guy did was just crazy, and how he stood up to the USA and just did whatever. It was just, it's just right. insane, man, it's insane. Best quality you like about yourself? My honesty. You like your honesty? Yeah, I'm, I'm very honest, and a lot of people don't know how to take it, so. There's that. I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you, and that's that's awesome. That's why um, you know I I don't have any like, and it's not saying that I want to get back with them, but every girl that it hasn't worked out with, I can get back with them because I ended on honesty. Yeah. And even though in that initial moment you not <clears throat> you might not like it, but later on you you come to respect it. I love it. You know what I'm saying? I love it. If I tell you I can't be your friend for X, Y, and Z. You, you'll be like, oh, yeah, you might not like it, but you gotta, right. can't yeah. hate on the truth. But it's like, if I continue to hang around you, knowing that I don't like the things you do or how you say something, that's fake. Right, right. I don't know, that makes so, sense. That makes sense. <laughs> like, when you, when you, if you end something with honesty, I feel like there's always room for repair, you know? But when you, you end it on fakeness, it's like, you can't really come back from that. I love that. Yeah. Expectations. Sucks, man, when you think, oh, I got a gig this weekend and they canceled. <clears throat> How have you dealt with expectations? Has that been hard for you? Like When they cancel gig? No, just like anything in general. You're like, oh, this is my break now. I'm going to get this. And then it doesn't happen. Has that been hard for you? Um, I don't really have expectations. 
I mean, um, uh, what I, yeah, I don't really, there's like that, that's how I live my life. Like, because I feel like if I don't have expectations, I can never be failed. Never fail. What, yeah, what, like what, why, like, I, I just feel like, why should I have expectations? You know what I'm saying? Like, we can go to a fucking Leonard Skinner concert and your expectations might be high. And you, you might pump it up to me and be like, bro, this is the best concert you'll ever be. I'm telling you, you're going to love them. <clears throat> but if you put my expectations way up, they're probably going to be failed because that's your passion. Got it. Yeah. So if you'd be like, hey, bro, just come with me for, you know, a live concert. I got some tickets. And it's like, I'll enjoy the concert much better instead of you telling me like this is the best concert yeah, you've yeah, yeah, yeah. in your life. That uh, makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> so when you when you when you don't have expectations, I think it just opens the realm and the world to more possibilities of like, bro, you know, if I come to this restaurant and I have no expectations because nobody has told me that it's very good or very bad, then I think it can be more enjoyable. You don't set your expectations too high. Cause I feel like nothing will ever live up to our own expectations. You know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. if I tell you this is the best bottle of tequila and then you taste it, well, it's okay. But if I just give it to you, I'll let you tell me that it was very good. Like don't put no expectations on it. Like when people say, are you very funny? I don't know. I don't, I watch me and then you can. Do you people can, ask you that? Yeah, they'll, they'll find out, like, you know, especially like if they find out you're a comedian. Are you funny? I don't know. Like you should watch. Yeah, should be funny. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, I don't know. Like you should. No, I'm funny as fuck, man. You gotta see me. No, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even like to say that. <laughs> no, I mean, who says that though? That's a, that's the weirdest. That's the worst question to ask. Uh... Because it's like you know, you. How about you come watch me, and then you make your own assessment. Right. Because what I talk about might not register with your, what <laughs> you're lying. Yeah, I completely agree. With you. Yeah, David, yeah. I, I'm. And I don't say this to bullshit you, man. I'm so proud of everything you've done. Thank bro. you, man. Thank you. I, uh, I'm going to encourage you all the way through. Thank you. I think there's, a, there's so much potential. Mm -hmm. I think the talent is through the roof, man. Before I let you, I always ask the guests at the end to ask, a, ask me a question, man. Ask me, what can I help you with? Ask uh, me a question. Let's see. Question uh, for me. Why do you feel you failed in baseball? Can you pinpoint yeah. something? A thousand percent. A thousand percent. That yeah. You could say, if I would have did this, I would have. Yes. My problem was, it was my destiny to fail in baseball because if I wouldn't have failed in baseball, I wouldn't have become who I am right now. Mm. And the reason why I'm the biggest failure in the history of baseball, man, baseball, and I think of baseball too, is because I sacrificed my life. Without choice, my dad did. So I didn't have a childhood. Mm -hmm. Almost like Michael Jackson. That he was forced to sing at a young mm -hmm. age. So that was me my whole life. I didn't go anywhere. I didn't, we didn't celebrate anything. It was all baseball 24-7. But I got the shit beat out of me also. And I got abused verbally and physically a lot, right? And the reason why I'm a failure is because when I should have been the guy, it'd be like you being prepared to be a comedian your whole life. And when it's time for you to be on stage to make it to the big leagues, you suck. And the reason why I sucked is because I had identity issues. Because I wanted to, because I was a nobody and I was losing. And when you're getting your ass kicked every day and you don't have a TV in your room and you're not cool, but you have swag inside, but you don't have cool clothes, mm -hmm. you don't have this, where do you hide? You hide in your brain. Right. And I envision this life that I'm living now. So that goes back to expectations. So it went back to expectations. So I would want to come here and impress you, right? Mm -hmm. But then I didn't have anything, so I would use <coughs> girls. I get girls and hot girls, that would be the way I'd fit in with people, whatever. And I've never mm -hmm. been jealous of anybody, I never had anything. But my life sucked. Like mm -hmm. it fucking sucked. You know, it's like if your dad comes out, hey, bro, cut your hair, Shay, what are you doing, bro? You look like you guys should be. That sucks. I didn't have any freedom. So now that I have freedom, I tell people and I tell parents, I go, listen, you can't hack a kid to be a football star. Right. Baseball star, whatever. All you can do is, it's like you can't hack a comedian. It'd be like, you right now, when your kids go, I'm gonna make them a comedian. You can't. Mm -hmm. You either expose them to it and you <coughs> guide them. Yeah. And I think, I think that's what's missing now. Yeah, I, I, like with my kids, bro, I don't really like. You have two girls? Yeah. And um, I don't really force anything on them. I just kind of, whatever they say they wanna do, 
I just put money into it until they don't want to Because you're living the dream. Yeah. Right. Dude, I can't thank you enough, man, for really taking I, I really appreciate this shit, man. Like, like, seriously. Like, I really, really appreciate thank this. You. Tell them where to find you, the road, the next stage. <coughs> I know in Winnipeg. They know Winnipeg because of the Olympics. <laughs> there were some right. Olympic Winnipeg. Tell them. Uh, DavidLucasComedy.com. David Lucas Funny on Instagram. Type David Lucas in on YouTube. Uh, follow my content, follow my podcast, Fake News with a Z. Uh, yeah, and uh, let me know what city I should come to. I'm actually making, my agent is making my schedule for next year. So, yeah, let me know, man. I'll pull up, and uh, I'm definitely going to be getting, well, you know, I'll be in Tampa. We're going to do it. We're going to Miami. It's going to be everywhere. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll come early so we can go to Miami. Fuck yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll set that up. We'll do everything. Yeah, yeah. My man. Boom. There you go. Thank you, bro. Mm-hmm. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.